there are new plans afoot for the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies, or IATSIS, in the upcoming years with a new Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultural precinct to be built on the shores of Lake Burley Griffin in the Parliamentary Triangle on Ngunnawal Country, or Canberra. It will be built in upcoming years, uh, but in addition to that, a new facility is also being planned to be opened right here in the centre of Australia as well. IATSIS have signed a new uh, lease licence on a property in Todmore for the establishment of a new engagement and digitisation centre. The NT government has given its backing to the project as well. To talk to us more about the precincts in Alice Springs as well as in Canberra, we have Dungari and Birupai Man and the Chief Executive Officer at IATSIS, Craig Ritchie. Wada, Craig. Thanks for talking to us. Good day, Philippe. is going to have a bit of a busy year establishing itself in some new facilities. Uh, let's start off with the Engagement and Digitisation Centre here in Mantua, Alice Springs. Can you tell us what the significance is of locating such a facility here? Sure. Uh, I attended uh, an event today to uh, sign a statement of intent uh, with uh, Minister Chancy Paik on behalf of the Northern Territory Government uh, to uh, proceed with the establishment of an engagement digitisation hub here in uh, uh, the centre of Australia, in Alice Springs. Uh, this is a really important uh, move, both, I think, for the local community here and the communities of Central Australia, but also for IATSIS. It marks the first uh, ever um, regional office, if you like, of the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies and is a really critical part of us ensuring that the world-class collection of cultural material uh, that we hold and care for at IATSIS um, is made as accessible as possible, obviously respecting cultural protocols, um, and that the communities uh, from Central Australia who have items in our collection are able to engage with uh, them, to access them uh, in uh, as ready a way as possible without having to jump on a plane uh, and fly across the country to come to Canberra. So we think it's a really important uh, uh, milestone for the Institute um, and for uh, the communities of Central Australia. Could you give us an indication of how much involvement IATSIS would like to have with the local communities here in the centre? What kind of engagement are you hoping for? Well, the, the facility, when it's established, will be, obviously, uh, you mentioned in partnership with the Northern Territory Government that are uh, providing some financial support to it, uh, but also in partnership with First Nations Media Australia, which will locate their office uh, in one part of the facility. And together, we're going to establish a, digitize, a joint digitisation facility so that uh, cultural collections can be digitised uh, for two reasons, for, um, for preservation purposes, uh, but also to make those items a bit more accessible, particularly through online um, platforms. But critically, the facility will include um, a gallery for exhibitions and for display of cultural, uh, for collection items rather, um, and some community engagement, education, training facilities. Uh, and so what we're hoping is that that facility located where it is in the, in the Toddmore will be a real key to activating um, that part of the city, uh, bringing new life, if you like, to 
uh, to that part of Alice Springs. Um, but it'll be a hub where communities, uh, members of communities, people will be able to come, uh, access cultural material, um, engage in uh, hope, uh, some training capacity building. Um, and for us at IATSIS, engagement with local communities and TOs in particular uh, is really critical because whilst we hold items in our collection, we're really custodians of them. Mm. Um, and the real knowledge and, and, if you like, cultural authority related to those items rests with traditional owners. And so we think this will be um, a, a key hub, if you like, of ongoing engagement with communities and traditional owners, but it'll also provide a place where, uh, because we're building storage facilities uh, as well, where people who have cultural items but are caring for them in, in situations or contexts that uh, may not be ideal and may place those items at risk so that people wish to um, access the storage facilities that we have to care for those items, then that may that, that will certainly be possible as well. And so um, the the level of engagement we're looking for and we expect to, to have is is obviously much closer because we'll have people here on the ground based in um, Alice Springs and um, obviously supported by our, our home base in, in Canberra. Mm. But um, much closer engagement, much more ready access to collection items, much more... Um, and, and, a, and a hub, I guess, for all this. There's so much activity going on mm. in Central Australia from academics and researchers doing what they do, communities uh, looking after their own uh, cultural material and and reinvigorating often in many many situations cultural practices that they uh, that maybe were uh, I would say abandoned but not practiced for a long while. So there's a lot going on, and particularly the work that we do and others here in Alice Springs are doing on um, revitalising Indigenous languages. Um, and it's exciting for us at the start of the international decade of Indigenous languages to be kicking off this facility here, um, right in the heart of the country. In your previous answer, you mentioned briefly training, and I'd like to delve deep, deeper into that. What interest have you seen in your time as CEO of IATSIS from people here in Central Australia who are keen to take up a career in archiving and undertake training? Look, I think that that's an area that we we need to explore a bit more. I think what I what I what I know is exists is an absolute passion in all of our First Nations communities uh, about around our cultures, around our stories, and and our uh, uh, our traditions. All of those things that go together to make up who we are as First Nations people uh, a real passion. Um, and what we want to be able to do is tap into that passion provide an opportunity for people to learn a set of skills and capability uh, that goes uh, that's, that are, are the, the bedrock of managing and looking after and caring for a cultural collection. Um, and so I think there is a real interest. I think there's a real interest in that. If we can kind of add to that passion uh, mechanisms that will enable people perhaps to, get, to gain qualifications, as you say, in archiving or preservation or um, the various professional activities that are involved in caring for cultural collections, um, then that will be a terrific outcome for us. It's an area we want to explore more. We've got to have some conversations with education providers and training organisations about that once the uh, facility here in uh, Mbantua has opened up, uh, which we expect to be probably in September. 
Fantastic, and it's very exciting to hear about it. Um, let's move to Canberra, though. Uh, the the precinct in Canberra is called Ngura. I hope I've got that pronunciation correct. Um, it means home, country, or place of belong- belonging, uh, and it will include a learning and knowledge centre and, and a new home for IATSIS. Why is it significant to have the head offices of IATSIS be in the parliamentary triangle in Canberra? For this move, sure. Well, we're we're really excited about this. This is a a project, the Nora project that we uh, developed at IATSIS um, uh, probably close to five years ago now, um, and it responds to a couple of things. First of all, it responds to the fact that in the national capital, in that part of Canberra, the parliamentary zone, the parliamentary triangle, as people know it, where our national institutions are located. So the two parliament houses, uh, the National Library, the Gallery, the Portrait Gallery, the the High Court, all of those sort of really important national institutions that in some way contribute to the telling of our national story. What's missing in that part of the nation's capital is an iconic uh, institution, if you like, um, that's not really the best word, but an iconic Mm. presence of uh, uh, or representation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australia um, as part of our national story. And we think that that is um, a gap, if you like, that that needs to be uh, closed. And we're really excited that the government agreed with our proposal to develop a national Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultural precinct, an area in that part of the national capital. Uh, that speaks to the critical and central place that we uh, play as First Nations people in the story, the life of our nation now, but also the story of our nation. At IATSIS, we uh, firmly believe that the first story of this country isn't a story about convicts and colonies and tall ships. Um, It's an Aboriginal and it's a Torres Strait Islander story, and that stretches back, as we know, 65,000 years, probably more, uh, into the past. And that's that's the first story of this nation. And so we developed this idea of Murrah, um, and as you say, that word, <coughs> pardon me, that word in uh, appears in multiple lang- Aboriginal languages around the country with all with the same meaning, home, camp, place, place where we belong. So we developed this idea of a precinct that would speak to that history and located in the precinct are going to be effectively two things. First of all, a national resting place for ancestral remains that come back from overseas as part of the Commonwealth Government's repatriation program. But for uh, a number of reasons, largely because of poor information about their place of origin, can't immediately go back home to country. And we believed that there needed to be a place um, that continues the work that's currently being done by the National Museum of caring for uh, those rem- those ancestors, continuing the work of research to discover where they're from, if we can, uh, in Australia, um, and then ultimately facilitating their journey home. Uh, there needed to be a place that was built appropriately, uh, culturally appropriate, but also uh, operated within a framework of Indigenous governance uh, to do that work, and that's the National Resting Place. We're really excited that that's going to be built. But alongside of that is going to be, as you say, a new National Indigenous Knowledge and Culture Centre, which will be the new home uh, for IATSIS, 
um, and it will give us the kind of facilities that we currently lack, uh, uh, particularly galleries and education uh, spaces, that enable us to have a fi- uh, to be a fully open, um, publicly engaged national institution that's telling the story of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australia in all of its diversity um, from an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspective mm. uh, using our voices. And so it's a really exciting um, development. Um, and so that ultimately, when this is built, there will be in in the national capital, in the most prominent position in the national capital, this uh, institutional embodiment of who we are as First Nations people. I'd also kind of like to ask about the purpose of both the precinct in Canberra, Nura, um, the Learning and Knowledge mm-hmm. Centre, as well as the facility here in Alice Springs, and kind of get your thoughts about how much, uh, how much importance do you think this will lead to, you know, truth-telling in this country? Look, Philip, I reckon it's critical to the process of truth-telling. Now, um, but in a particular way, um, explain that in a minute. So for me, um, one of the things that's really important to understand is that when the colonists arrived in Australia uh, 200-odd years ago, um, they, they came with a particular point of view and a particular perspective that was they didn't expect to find... They didn't really expect to find culture. They didn't really expect to find civilization or sophistication uh, here. They thought they were bringing that with them. Um, but of course, we know that our cultures and our stories are incredibly powerful and incredibly rich, uh, really diverse um, and and deeply sophisticated. And so um, we for, for millennia, our mobs have lived here in Australia. Um, and so the opportunity through what we're doing here uh, in Alice Springs, what we're doing in Canberra, through the Noura project, uh, the opportunity to showcase and to highlight um, that brilliance, that, that absolute brilliance that is our cultures and our point, our worldviews, our perspectives, mm. our relationship to country, our relationship to one another, um, is a really um, is an unparalleled opportunity for people to learn the truth of that, and so I think that's a really important aspect of truth telling that's often missed um, in the process of talking about um, the horrendous things that have happened to Indigenous Australians as a result of colonisation. Uh, some of which continues to play out, obviously, in in the daily lives of people. That's a really important story to tell. But this brilliance of who we are as First Nations people um, and how we've lived uh, on country for 65,000 years, uh, probably more, um, is a part of truth-telling that I think is um, an unparalleled opportunity. One of the key functions that we play at IATSIS is to promote a better understanding of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and cultures. And so these uh, two initiatives, and hopefully there'll be some more as we... Uh, looking for opportunities to extend our reach out of Canberra to different parts of the country will give us an opportunity to to do that, that promotion of a better understanding of who we are as First Nations people uh, using state-of-the-art technology, purpose-built facilities, places where people can come together and engage with our cultures, not from the perspective of very well-meaning 
non-Indigenous people talking about us. But from our perspective, as we tell our own stories as Indigenous people uh, to the nation and indeed to the world, I think there is a hunger for people uh, that people have to know more about us, to understand more about who we are, to understand our point of view, our perspectives, our way of living, our way of life. Um, particularly as we face some big challenges in this country and the world, um, uh, I think that the knowledge that we hold as Indigenous peoples um, is going to become increasingly more important. And so mm. as part of that truth-telling process, is the, what we're doing um, is central to that. A couple of years ago, IATSIS announced their return of Cultural Heritage in- Initiative. And in the past year, I have seen some really great work in returning ancestral remains and other materials to communities uh, throughout the country. One that is of particular significance that I can remember is uh, a headdress that was returned to the Mornington Island on uh, in the Gulf of Carpentaria. I'd like to get an idea of if much more of that work is going to be continuing as well, trying to, uh, in addition to these uh, plans that are afoot, for both Canberra and Alice Springs as well. What, what's in store for that in the future for IATSIS? Well, that, well that's an absolutely um, powerful uh, program of work that we've got going. And yes, the, our intention is to continue it. It was uh, initially funded for, for uh, a couple of years and then the funding was extended for another four. Um, and so that work is, is really important. I should say it's not, to, not concerning ancestral remains. It's a separate program to that but it concerns cultural material and, and you're right you're talking about the Lardle headdress which came back from a private um, I won't say collector a private uh, gentleman who was given it um, as a gift uh, by a member of that community uh, but but now felt that it was time for it to come home it's currently being cared for at our facility in Canberra while the community uh, the Lardle community are working on a place to care for it on country um, and of course, we've seen um, a number of returns of items to Central Australia here, um, and that's a really important piece of work uh, that's going to continue. We, we estimate that there's over 100,000 items of Indigenous cultural material held in overseas uh, collecting institutions, and uh, I can't say that I, that all of that will come home. But we're working with communities uh, that desire their material to come back. Uh, facilitating the relationship between those those traditional owner groups and the, the particular institutions where their material is to facilitate as much of that coming back uh, to Australia and preferably back to country um, as can as can happen. Could you give us a figure? And so it's going to continue. Um, are there a significant amount of communities who want to see materials returned back to country? Could you maybe give us an idea of how many... Well, that's well, it's a significant amount. Yeah. I think if it's it's a bit like how long is a piece of string, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, uh, uh, we as I say, hundred hundred thousand plus items mm. means that there's a lot of interest and a lot of passion, uh, communities and and partly the role that we want to and we see that we play as a as a Commonwealth institution is being able to have those institution to institution conversations that back in the work that often over many years and some generations that communities have been doing are trying to get their material home. Uh, some institutions overseas aren't quite um, as ready for that to happen as others, but there is a significant change in the air in the international uh, collecting institution community that's that's making people making institutions much more inclined 
to talk about uh, repatriation or return, we use the word return mainly, um, of material. Uh, we've seen some significant uh, returns. Um, uh, as I've said, the headdress, the, the, the couple of uh, returns here in Central Australia. COVID, of course, has had a, a significant impact mm. on just the ability of uh, conversations to happen and negotiations, some of which is best done face-to-face, um, and also just impacted on logistics and so of transporting these items. So we, you know, once, as we start to hopefully very, uh, in the, in the soon move out of this sort of pandemic stage, um, uh, notwithstanding the challenges of the moment, uh, we think that that work will kick into a, a higher gear again because we have uh, communities that are ready, we have institutions that are ready, and we just need to kind of put all of the, get all of our ducks in a line so that those returns uh, can can happen. The really, I think, a really powerful kind of side effect of, if you like, of this work is is that it all happens on the basis of relationship, and so um, as traditional owner groups and communities form relationships with collecting institutions around this issue, what we're finding is that those those institutions are better able to do their job, they're more informed, they know more, um, they have uh, built and established a relationship that, that in many cases will be an ongoing relationship uh, with traditional owner communities here in Australia. And that works out well for everybody. This is a win-win situation. It's not a some win, some lose um, uh, scenario at all. Uh, so we hope at the end of the four years of the current funding period that uh, the value of the program is recognised and um, we're able to secure some ongoing funding uh, for it. Chief, Ex- Chief Executive Officer at IASIS, Craig Ritchie, thank you very much for talking to us here at Karma. My pleasure. Great to talk.